Welcome to this episode of Shoulder to Shoulder, where we strive to grow in love of the Lord and each other. I'm Megan Silas. And I am Pam Marvin. And we are excited to be back again. We are going to be continuing our series Mm -hmm. on the words of St. Paul. That's right. In 1 Corinthians Corinthians 13. Mm -hmm. This particular um, section we are going to be talking about is love is kind. Love is kind. Yes, it is. It's so kind. But could you please be so kind, Pam, as uh, to tell me what you have been uh, up to? Oh, what have I been up to? Well, thinking about you a lot. Oh, I no, seriously, you. I really That's have very kind. I have been thinking about you because now that you're at the Trace this summer. And for I, those of you who are not remembering what oh, the Trace grass. is, yes. that's my country house. Yeah. So Megan is is summering in the in the in the Woodville area. <laughs> okay, summering sounds very bougie. <laughs> very, very like fancy, fancy pants. So let me tell you a little bit about what my summering in Woodville looks like recently. I spent two full days in 100 degree heat picking up little bits of concrete and construction detritus from my yard. Detritus. Haven't heard that word in a while. From my yard that filled a very large wheelbarrow. Now, this is, we talked last episode a lot about patience. That takes a lot of patience. Oh, so were you offering up little sacrifices to grow in patience? You know, I have to say I wasn't that intentional. Mm, But we should be. We should. But what I will say is this. There was a joy in it. Even though I was sweating like crazy, I was, you know, just hot and dirty. Mm -hmm. It was very dirty work. And it just was very slow and painstaking like just imagine picking up pebble by pebble by pebble and little pieces of glass and pieces of of nails and everything but there was a certain joy in it I think you just described my life (laughs) (laughs) yeah there was a joy in it because there, there was a dual motivation okay one of the motivations was simply this yard has been a mess and every time I've looked at it it's annoying me. I will walk and see a piece of glass or a piece of, you know, some nail or concrete. And I think this just isn't well ordered. Mm. This isn't how it should be. Like nobody can walk on here. If if somebody were to walk with bare feet, they could really hurt themselves. And so there was this intentional desire to create more order. But the re- the thing that finally got me out there to do it, even though I've been feeling like I wanted to do this for quite some time, was that we decided to put in an herb bed. Mm. And in order to do the herb bed, we need to have some kind of like pea gravel or some kind of gravel that you put beneath the soil so that it'll drain well, right? Because we're going to do like a raised bed. And so I was thinking to myself, okay, I could go and buy, uh, you know, a few bags of pea gravel and spread that out, or I could take the fruits of the land, (laughs) shall we say, and actually pick up all these little stones and rocks and and everything. Now the glass and the nails and stuff I threw away. So I had to separate the sheep from the goats. You know what I'm saying? Of course. (laughs) But so it all went, you know, into this barrel and so now into this wheelbarrow. So I have... 
now all the material I'm going to need to do the drainage bit for these beds, which serve the purpose of creating greater order on my property, preventing me from spending money on something I didn't really need to spend money on. And I have the sense of accomplishment now of when I look at that, it's like, you know what? I did that. I worked hard and I made that happen. And there is a satisfaction that comes in that. And, and so to me, it's, it's about stewardship, you know, of my resources and of the property that God's given us. So, yeah, so being super dirty and sweaty and working for hours, picking up rocks by hand is not necessarily what many would think of as the lovely summering <laughs> type life. But for me, yeah. it was really fulfilling. Well, so what you're saying is you're doing me a kindness. So when I get to come out and visit, I can walk barefoot and not be worried. <laughs> Well, I can't claim that that is the case because I didn't get rid of all the fire ants. No, that's, uh, you know, I'm, stickers bother me more than fire ants. Okay. How much fire ant being bitten has happened in your life? A lot. Okay. So apparently they don't a bother you as lot. much as me. They bother me. Don't get me wrong, but I, I know a trick. Oh yeah? Yes. What's that? Vinegar. Huh. Any kind of vinegar? Yeah. White. So it stops Vinegar. creating the white head yes. and the itchy, itchy, itchy. Yes. I, I will have to try yes. that next time. I actually started using vinegar to to clean my house with. I started uh, cleaning oh, my house. See, I don't know. I know. I know. I but like it's really smell. clean. I, I do sometimes put essential oil in it too, though. Okay. Um, and so when I get a mosquito bites, I've been using it for mosquito bites too. I get those a lot more at my house. Uh, I use the vinegar. All right. So good for you. Well, perhaps we're digressing a little bit here. We are. All right. But we're having fun because we're, we're looking forward to spending time together in, in July. At least I'm very much looking forward to coming to your place then. Oh, I am very much looking forward to having you. Because when I'm out there, you're so very kind to me. Okay. So that's an interesting. You really are. I mean, so you're what does so that mean, good then? to me. So what does that mean? Well, you um, pay attention to a lot of details about um, my needs. You make sure that I'm fed and I sleep well um, and that I have a proper amount of prayer time as well, which I love that. You know, <laughs> when we're on the same page about right. that, I'm giving you your space, you know, when you're done praying, then we can do this and mm -hmm. that. Um, that. That really, that extraordinary um, it's a thoughtfulness in a way. It's being very thoughtful about the needs of the other, in mm -hmm. my opinion. But I can give you the actual definition. If you yeah, want. why don't you do that? Give us an actual definition. The actual definition as if there's one definition. Right, right. But this is kindness involves care, charity, compassion, generosity, helpfulness, mercy, patience, and understanding. So many of those things, when you invite me to go out there, it's also hospitality, which is awesome. Helpfulness, generosity and sharing your place with me. Um, again, the charity of taking care of me while I'm there. And again, care um, and patience with me. <laughs> He's like, oh, you're pretty, always that. You're pretty easy to take. It doesn't, you don't take much patience. But I love that we're talking about kindness. I really do, because we need more of this in the world. But, you know... As we're, as we're discussing exactly what it is, I think we really should talk about what it's not. Well, before we do that, though, like, you know, part of what was really coming to me as you were talking about your experience of me being kind to you as you come to my property, what really is coming to mind is the idea of a real 
true focus on the good of the other. Yes. Where it's like, you know, because sometimes people can do a lot of the same things, but they're done with a different spirit. Like, for example, have you ever gone to somebody's house who just wants everything to be just perfect? Like it, you know, every, you know, the table has to be set exactly right. right and the food needs to be perfect. And there's, and they're, they're almost not even attending to you at all because they're so focused on wanting to make all the externals just so. And then it's almost like, then they were, you get the sense what they really want is for you to tell them how great all that was. You know, like mm. you sense that they're doing it really for their own affirmation than their own desire to be pleasing to you. Well, I think it even goes beyond just that affirmation. Like, for instance, my sister-in-law said to me one time that she appreciates my hospitality because I don't really stress over things. Like mm -hmm. she gets very stressed. Everything to be, you know, in order and just just right. And she gets really stressed when she's entertaining and it's mm -hmm. not as enjoyable mm -hmm. uh, when she's very stressed. And so she really appreciates that I don't get that stress, which I always thought I did anyway. <laughs> I mean, you know, my stress comes from, and you're really good at this, but the timing of the food, like if you have an over for a big meal, mm -hmm. you want it to be timed just right. So I'd get stressed about the timing of the right. food and stuff like that. But yeah. And I, you know, I can understand there could be different reasons why somebody gets stressed and you could get stressed because you are really so much desiring that the other person has a pleasant experience that you're then become worried that it's not happening. And that kind of gets you in not a great place. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm, what I'm really trying to get at though, is that there's this disposition of the heart that I think is the essential element of kindness that is ordered in action towards the good of the other with the other as the primary motivator. And, you know, I think one of the things that we were kind of talking about before the show, that as we were relating to this, is how there can be such a significant difference between the term nice and the term kind. And I was actually saying that when we even speak these words, the way we say them tend to be different. You got to do that. You got to do it all over again. Cause okay, it was so I'll, great. I'll do it all over again. So, so if you're talking about somebody and you know, somebody asks you to describe them and, and you say, Oh yeah, she's really nice. Like, like that. That's a very enthusiastic, super enthusiastic way of saying that. But then if, if, if you want to express that the person is really kind, you tend to be like, Oh, she is so kind. <laughs> It's like you speak in a totally different way. It's not up in your head. It's not high. It's not, it's not mm -hmm. like, you know, it's, it goes deeper. Like it literally physically goes deeper into your chest when you say the words. And I think what that is, is people who are nice and, and I'm not saying nice is not a good thing, but nice is often a more superficial way of being polite, of being agreeable, of being, you know, just trying well, to make like, the circumstances exactly. nice. Exactly. So so in, in nice, you are creating a good, but perhaps your disposition of heart is not in it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think a lot of times niceness is ordered more towards the circumstances than the person yeah. they are interacting with. Whereas like kindness that. is all about the other person. Right. And do you know what, when you were saying that and describing it comes from your heart, right? Mm -hmm. Well, since kindness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, I mean, 
it dwells in us. And I always see the heart and we use that like sacred heart month too, that it, the heart is a central location where we imagine Christ dwelling within our heart. Mm-hmm. Right. And so therefore that fruit of the Holy spirit of kindness would emanate from the heart. So I love that imagery that it is straight from the heart to be kind. And again, that lends itself to the good of the other, mm-hmm. which uh, just sidebar, Megan and I, when we were had the, or, or what's it, was it, when we were out there with um, Charlene, not too long ago, it was beautiful weather. And we mm-hmm. went to the monastery and the little Benedictine monk and said, love should be replaced with the term, will the good of the other. Right. And I thought mm-hmm. that was so beautiful. So yeah. I see that as a type of kindness as well. Yeah. And I wanted to bring in that idea of like the being kind towards others with a scripture verse, because I think it really roots it in, in something else. And this is the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. In, in fact, himself, Luke six thirty five says, but love your enemies, do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. You will be children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Oh, I could just rest in that. See the beauty in this? I mean, we started in the last episode talking about just the beauty that are in these words. And so when you say that, to be kind to the unjust and the wicked, that is beautiful. Right. And, it, and what that's Christ, mercy. Yeah. What Christ is saying that's is love. Yeah. He's saying you don't need to come up with a good reason yourself mm. for why you should treat another person with kindness. All the reason you need is the Lord treats everyone with kindness, no matter whether they deserve it or not. So it's not for us to make a decision Mm -hmm. about who deserves my kindness. The wicked and the unjust get the kindness of the Lord, Mm. just like the righteous. And we should imitate him always. Absolutely. Imitate him in those ways. Okay. So how do, how does it express itself kind of like more in the, the public square to be kind in the public square? You know what comes to mind immediately? Pleasant language, not foul language, right? That is definitely a pleasantry that is just, Mm -hmm. just in my time on the planet went from, you never heard a lot of these really ugly words to you hear them all the time. It's just commonplace now. It's like, wow. It's like, it's a courtesy. It's to me, it's thoughtful and kind. If you use pleasant language as opposed to foul language. Mm -hmm. The thing that's coming to mind for me is all the discourse on social media and the um, rapidity to which people will go into ad hominem attacks where they are attacking a person with really negative speech, you know, not, not, it doesn't have to be, you know, swear words or anything, but just really attacking their character, trying to um, denigrate them and, and tear them down as an individual as a way to assert an argument or to win the day as far as w- what the discussion is about. And that's not kind. It's not kind to use language or accusations or um, characterizations of other people that cause, you know, others to think ill of them. Mm-hmm. That's not willing they're good. Now, to have a, a reasonable argument about an important topic that you're trying to bring someone else to the knowledge of the truth, that is kind. It is kind to want to disabuse somebody of a lie that they've come to believe. 
have those conversations. Don't shy away from hard discussions, but don't attack the person or don't try to make somebody else, you know, look bad so that you can accomplish a purpose. That that's not how the Lord functioned. Right. You know? And so I think it has become so permitted. Sometimes I am shocked and dismayed when I am on Catholic websites or blog posts or whatever, and I see the comment sections. So I'm even going to put the, the public figure to the side and just look at the comment sections and some of the vitriol that people are spewing against other individuals. And I'm like, how can you justify that? How do you think that that's acting in the heart and the will of the Lord? It is not. As a matter of fact, it is so contrary. Like a demon couldn't be kind. Couldn't. No. It's not possible. It's, it's not in their nature. And since we have both, we have divine nature within us, we need to pull that side out, that kindness. And that's the beauty that changes hearts, you know, that's, that's supernatural when we're kind, like you said in the opening, to... Was it reprobate sin? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember exactly the quote, but yeah, yeah, when you show kindness to people who don't deserve this, deserve it, that is mercy and that is love. And the reality is, to a certain degree, do any of us deserve it? I mean, we're all sinners. We all fallen short of the glory of God. Right. And so it's not about what people deserve. So true. It's about who we are in Christ and who, what we want for others. Like if, if, the, if the reality is that we want to be, have the heart of the Father, who Jesus tells us that the Father desires that all come to know him and the knowledge of the truth and be saved. If that's really ultimately, that's the ultimate kindness, right? Because, you know, I want to share uh, a verse from Titus, the letter to Titus. Chapter three, verses four and five. But when the kindness and love of God, our savior appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we'd done, but because of his mercy. Mm. He saved us out of his kindness. And if we really, truly desire as Christians that all be saved, that other souls come to the knowledge of the truth and also be saved, mm -hmm. we also then need to come to them out of kindness. And anything other than that is not going to accomplish our primary responsibility as Christians to go forth and preach the gospel to all nations. Right. And, and you know, the key thing here that I keep hearing, undeserved. We show kindness to others, even when it's, and especially when it's undeserved. That is almost the undercurrent of what kindness is. Mm -hmm. Undeserved. And yet that reality of that it is undeserved doesn't enter into our minds. No. Where, we're, where it's like, in a way, as a human race that has fallen, we recognize that none of us deserve anything really. And yet then we, but we realize also that each individual is a beloved child of God mm -hmm. and thus deserves respect and kindness, Amen. you know, so is those two things kind of being yeah. held together. You know, another thing is we're starting to talk about this, especially, you know, in a relationship wise too, though, 
that when someone really struggles with kindness, in my mind, it's, it's, it's a very broken and hurt, hurting person. Like we have to look at why people aren't kind. Mm-hmm. There's like, and that always evokes more mercy in me, Megan. That's one of the ways I deal with rough characters, let's say, sure. is that, you know, the whole adage of hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And it evokes a lot more compassion in me with people who are just sometimes just plain nasty. Yeah. I, I would and agree unkind. <laughs> and the reality is, you know, you've heard the phrase, you know, you can't give what you haven't received. Yeah. And sadly, a lo- there are a lot of people in the world who have just not experienced much kindness in their lives. And how do you know how to model something that you've never seen, mm-hmm. you know, That's and, and how sad that would be to have, you know, experienced a life that was filled with unkindness. I mean, that is damaging to a soul to a significant degree. And, and yes, that can give us a lot more patience and mercy and an impetus to be kind, to show what that can look like. Right, right. You know, and that goes right back to our last episode. If you haven't watched it on Patience, uh, we talked a lot about driving. Right. And it's a, it's a real solid, it's a real kindness to let somebody in, mm-hmm. especially if you're in a hurry, especially yeah. if you don't want to, you know? Being a courteous driver in general, I feel like it's just kind of gone out the drive. My daddy was a driver's ed teacher. And he used <laughs> to he? really, yes, that. he was a coach. He was a coach. Uh-huh. And that was like one of his, it was PE and driver's ed. Those okay. were the things he taught. Uh-huh. Um, so he taught me to drive. And he was all about being a courteous driver. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I mean, it's, we're safer when we're more courteous too. So we need to be really safe and courteous in those, in those That's ways. An, okay, can we take that phrase, we're safer when we're courteous or kind and take it out of like the more superficial of the driving and bring it into a more like a deeper place sure. of relationship. But, like how could we potentially be safer in a relationship when we're kind? The first thing that comes to my mind is staying within God's parameters, like the 10 commandments. He gave us those rules to keep us safe, mm-hmm. to keep us happy. And these are, this is the same thing when you start to apply this kindness rule. Yeah, because I think in a way it's a little counterintuitive. Mm. I think a lot of people use um, things like anger and gruffness and unkindness as a self-defense mechanism because, you know, I'm going to lash out before somebody hurts me. But when you do that, you actually create a situation where you're often going to prevent yourself from experiencing intimacy with another person, that you're going to inhibit the ability to grow trust in relationships. So this idea that to be kind can foster a greater safety for your emotional and spiritual well-being as you live more fully in God's will and then open yourself up to receive the graces that pour forth from that, right. both from God himself and from the positive response of other people. Because yes, you know what? Sometimes when you're kind to somebody else, they may take advantage of you. But at least if that happens, if you've made a decision, I am going to be kind regardless of how it's received, you really can't be hurt by that as much because you are secure in the knowledge 
that you've lived in a way that's according to your ethos, your morality. And so what happens is as you, as you decide to be kind and then behave in a way consistent with who you want to be in that place of interior integration, where you are being and living in accordance with who you desire to be and live as, you become less susceptible to these slings and arrows of culture and other people who maybe would respond negatively. But there's a security and peacefulness that comes from living out that way. That makes me think it might be time for a temperature check. All right. So you called for it. So what was I did. coming up in you? No, I mean, as you're talking about that, I'm just, I'm, I'm getting this real sense of peace, mm-hmm. you know, the peace of heart um, that comes from just talking about um, the effort to be kind. Like when I think of a world of kind people, um, always willing the good of the other, it's just, it's so beautiful to me that it's really like just stirring my heart to think about, wow, I wish there was, how can we spread kindness? How can we be more kind um, in our personal relationships mm-hmm. with ourselves. Oh yeah. Well, certainly kindness within ourselves is an issue, you know, and I think that's kind of as you, you know, stop for the temperature check and I was thinking, okay, well, what would I, what's coming to my heart right now? And, you know, I just sort of started having like this file deck in my head about time, you know, when am I struggling to be kind And what I recognize is that in my life, I've gotten to a point where my exterior behavior generally is consistent with kindness. But there's often times where my interior disposition doesn't match the behavior. Which means, you know, there's still purification that happens and needs to happen in my life. But what happens then is that I can be very unkind to myself in that place where it's like that voice that comes that I know is not the voice of the good shepherd. It's, it's the voice of the evil one that loves to say to me, well, you're doing that, but you don't really feel that. Yeah. You really are actually in your heart, not very kind because that person frustrates you or annoys you or, you know, or you're only doing this out of a sense of obligation or because you know, the Lord wants you to do it, but you don't really want to do it. That lack of kindness to myself that I allow. Now I can say the enemy brings those to me and if if I just hear that briefly and then I'm like, I'm not listening to you. Get out of my head. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. That'd be one thing. But the truth of the matter is for a lot of my life, I listened to that voice a lot. I participated with it. I perseverated on it. I entertained it and really was very unkind to myself. Mm. And that place really leads you to not being able to receive God's kindness, I find. Amen. And that's a really negative place. So one of the things that helped me get out of that was a recognition 
that to overcome some maybe negative feelings that I don't want and do what is right in spite of those is what God calls me to. And he's okay that I'm not perfect yet because he's that kind. And he wants me to be that kind to myself because there's nothing that hurts the Lord more than when people he loves get beat up on, even when we're the people doing the beating up on ourselves. So true. It's so true. So interiors is such, I mean, to me, that's a really large one for me, the kindness of uh, all myself and being more kind. Because like you said, when I am too hard on myself, I have a very difficult time. I mean, you said it in general, but <laughs> well, I'm applying it to myself. Is like, how can I let God's love in? Because that not feeling worthy kind of creeps in there too. If I can't let God be kind to me in everything that he does, that's usually I put up a barrier because mm. I'm unworthy or I believe right. or I think yeah. or I feel I'm unworthy of his love, which is a lie again. Mm-hmm. So kindness. Yeah. Within relationships. You know, I, when we were talking about this and like biblical examples, the, the idea that came to me most clearly was, you know, that image of the good Samaritan and how this person was taking care of the needs of a person without even knowing them. There, there's nothing that that, you know, sorry person on the side of the road did to deserve what the Samaritan did for him. They hadn't earned it in relationship or anything like that, but it was about who the Samaritan was in his heart that mattered. Not so much who the other person was. And I think that place is where we can really grow when we start thinking that our kindness depends on Somebody else. That's the compassion aspect of kindness. Yeah, that's absolutely compassion. But Mm. but what wells up in our own hearts. And so like when we say, well, you know, I could be kind to, you know, this person or that person if they only. Yeah. Oh, they're easy to be kind to. Yeah. This person, not so much. Right. And, And so instead of thinking kindness as an action, thinking of it as a disposition. I want to be a kind person, not a person who does kind things. I want to be a kind person that Mm. that infuses every aspect of who I am and informs every decision I make. And I live out of that no matter who I'm interacting with. It's not a negotiable. Am I going to be kind or not kind in this circumstance? Because it is who I am. If I identify myself as that, if I take that mantle as mine and live out of that, that's how you improve it in every relationship. Then we stop, we can stop like picking and choosing about, well, what relationship am I going to worry about being kind? No. How am I going to work in further imbuing that identity into my very core of my being? Yeah. So, so how do we, I mean, for me, I can answer the question, how can I grow in kindness? And that would definitely be the interior way that my self dialogue and, how I see myself and how eager I am to let God's love in. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and that's kind of what you're saying. It's like, how, what's your interior disposition? You know, yeah. can you extend it to those around you? Cause I know some very kind people that are really rough on themselves too. You know, I don't want to encourage them mm-hmm. just to be more kind and, 
merciful to yourself with this and that um, yeah. because you're lovely. I have a really good uh, movie recommendation, which really is coming to mind as it relates to kindness, because it was such an amazing little surprise. You know, sometimes Amazon will, uh, you know, recommend some stuff where I'm like, what in the world? And your algorithm made you think I wanted to watch that. But every now and then something happens and a good movie is actually recommended. So this little movie came up called Saving Grace and it was made in 1986. And the premise of the movie is that there is this man who has just completed the first year of his pontificate. He's the Pope. Oh my goodness. And what he's realizing is that he's he's very disenchanted with what it has meant to be the Pope because he feels very disconnected from the people. It's He's overwhelmed with all the administrative responsibilities of, of being in that position. And he's got the heart of a priest. And he's like, it's like, I don't, he's like feeling like he's not even a priest anymore because he's so separated from the the sheep it feels mm-hmm. like and so he's having a bit of a crisis um and he's decide thinking maybe i need to resign and so he has this encounter with this little girl who's walked all the way from her little village to come to him and hopefully get an audience with him to tell him that their town has no priest and she's brokenhearted because their town has no priest. And so through a series of events, the Pope decides to go AWOL for a little bit. And the whole movie, most of the movie is about his experience of going AWOL and ending up in this town. And the reason I bring it up as it relates to kindness is because I could not believe how well this movie portrayed the kindness of this man, this priest. Like, honestly, even thinking about it, his eyes, the way he looked at other people, the way he talked to them was so beautiful. He loved them. And in this movie, there was no yuckiness in the Mm. sense of bending the rules or doing things that are outside of how God would, would desire a priestly man to act. And it was so refreshing. It was almost like I I watched this movie and afterwards I just sat there in awe and I thought they used to make movies like this. Mm. There were a couple scenes where it was like, I was holding my breath because I was like, are they going to go there? Are they going to, are they going to go there and make this not holy? And I didn't. Mm. And it was so refreshing, but the kindness that this actor was able to portray and to really capture what it should be Mm. to be a beautiful, holy man of God was absolutely gorgeous. And so I'm going to recommend it to anybody. The movie Saving Grace. I'm just going to say you're welcome already for the kindness I have just extended to you (laughs) (laughs) and recommending that movie. Starring Tom Conti. Tom Conti. Exactly. Who who plays. Yeah. uh, He's he's just new Pope Leo. The 
14. Yeah, fictionary pope. Fictionary yes. pope. Visits a poor village after being locked out of the Vatican in civilian clothes. Mm-hmm. That's how it's leading. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's so sweet. I'm glad you said that. But I think what it really pointed out to me is even in a movie, authentic expressions of kindness, they impact our hearts deeply, really deeply. And I'm sure any of the listeners who have experienced moments, maybe it's coming to your mind right now, just an experience of having somebody really extend a beautiful kindness to you mm-hmm. or experience of God. You just, he broke through and, and just ministered to you in a way that you were, was unexpected and you knew it was undeserved, but it was transformative. Mm-hmm. There's so much power in kindness. So much. Yeah. I have to kind of brag on, I experienced such a great kindness recently um, with the loss of my mother-in-law. I mean, if you've been listening to the show, you know, I, I lost her back in May um, and my little prayer group of friends, um, they came and I was, I was self-conscious because, uh, like my entryway had dead flowers mm. and stuff like that, dead plants or whatever. It was empty. And they came in and they put plants there. They repotted the, the planter by the mailbox and just made it lovely. And it's still blooming today. They're still mm. beautiful and they're blooming and another one just brought me all these groceries and paper goods. Mm. And it was just so thoughtful and kind and consoling. And it was just so beautiful. I just, I just wanted to say that's when I experienced it kind of a, through my friendships. I thought that was really extraordinary. Mm-hmm. I just really felt and continue to, especially with the living flowers. Yeah. Hmm. You know what just came to mind? Maybe we'll end on this is another example in the Bible of kindness. And I think of that woman in Bethany who anointed Christ mm. with the oil and, you know, the, the spirits of, you know, Judas or whatever it is like, Oh, you know, what is she doing? That doesn't she know how much that cost? And Jesus just says, she has done a beautiful thing for me and the ages will remember her for it. That's the power Indeed. of a kind act. That it is, it goes down in the ages. The echoes through souls and time and everything. And and I think that so often the culture would try to tell you that kindness is equal to weakness, but it's not. There's more power in the kindness and love of a holy soul. Amen. Yeah. Than all the negativity and all the ugliness of the world. So true. I mean, just, just getting to talk about this, Megan, is just really bringing me a lot of peace. Amen. I'm glad we get to do this. Thank you to Red Sea Radio for sponsoring us and giving us a platform to talk about our love of the Lord and each other. Absolutely. And, you know, if this episode has blessed you and you want to share it, that would be yeah. very blessing to us. Very kind of you. So. Yeah. If you know someone that is kind, send it to them. <laughs> that would be beautiful yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. if you sent this to somebody and said you know what this, this is a whole of episode of ki- on kindness and it really made me think of you yeah how you know would that just be lovely for a soul to receive okay. so yeah. i would Amen. encourage you to do that so thank you so much for uh joining us today and we hope that you will return next time but until then please remain united with us in prayer god bless <laughs> <laughs>